Hey friends, welcome to Free and Light, a podcast designed to help you slow down and live in rhythm with Jesus so that you can find the life he offers, life to the full. Hey, I'm your host, Tim Shelton, and I am so glad you are joining us for episode 18 of this podcast, an episode that I'm guessing you may listen to more than just one time. Let me, let me explain. Friends, you ever have one of those conversations with a friend that you just sort of sense is important, like there's a, a, a weightiness to it or some gravity? Like in real time, you know you're going to remember it for a very long time. That is the type of conversation I had with my friend Justin Thomas. And I cannot wait for you to listen in. Uh, but before we get to that conversation, I just want to tell you a little bit about him. Now, Justin is uh, a man who is a part of the Finer Things Club. Now, not an office reference, a real Finer Things Club. He is a professional clothier. If you want to know more about what that is, well, just keep listening. Uh, but when I first met Justin in 2019, you would have thought he had the perfect life, great family, marriage, uh, honestly, maybe the cutest kids I've ever seen in my life. Amazing job, you know, the right house and the right part of town. I guess the way I would describe it is he was living the American dream. But underneath the surface of his life, he was starting to fall apart. And his words in our conversation was, 2019 was the hardest year of my life. And like most of our problems, it wasn't just one thing happening. It was all the things. But the common thread of his life was that he was distracted and preoccupied because he was just moving too fast, too fast for relationships, too fast for family, and way too fast for a real connection, a real relationship with God. You know, I really relate to Justin's story, not just by the way, the finer things club. <laughs> I remember living that way. I remember knowing a lot about God, but not actually knowing him intimately. And friend, if you are someone or you know someone who is really struggling with connecting to God or being present with other people, the truth is you might just be moving too fast. That was the case in my life in a lot of ways. You've heard us say it before in this podcast, Josh, Bill, Kelly, and myself, that we believe life to the full comes when we have a close connection with God. And to do that, we have to learn to slow down, or we use the words, be still and listen for his voice, because it is in those quiet spaces that he speaks to our soul. And it's in the silence where that intimacy happens. And guess what? It changes our life. And the coolest thing in my life right now is that this truth isn't just happening for the four of us that sit around this table. It's happening to thousands of people all over this country listening to this podcast and others like it. And it's happening in my friend, Justin, a man whose life was changed because he had the courage to slow down and learn to listen to Jesus. Here's my conversation with Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, welcome to Free and Light. Thank you. Good to be here, man. 
Man, we are uh, excited to have you. We've gotten to know each other the last couple of years, and yep. I want to start off our conversation with a little bit of a true or false. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm ready now. True or false, a great suit can change a man's life. 100% true. Tell me why. There's a feeling you have when you put on something that was made just for you. And that feeling, can't you can't find it other places. So it's just a feeling more, I can't even describe it as well as I should be able to, but um, when you experience it, you know it. It's awesome. Something that's made for you is just incredible. Yep, and the yeah. care and so forth that, that was made, uh, taken to make that suit for you. Yep, the time, the attention, all the details that the artisans put into it is, is uh, it's pretty incredible. It's kind of a work of art. Yeah. I've had more than a few friends tell me, like, I hate suits. And I'm like, you have just wore the wrong suit. Correct. They're just not wearing good stuff. <laughs> well, tell the audience, how did we meet? So we met, <laughs> it's a good story. Uh, a friend of a friend had approached me about a retreat that he was doing. And um, I said, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> and that's literally what I thought in my head. And I was a little more polite than that. But I was like, awesome, I don't have time for that. That's literally, I was like, I do not have time for that. And then fast forward to um, maybe almost two years later, um, that same friend of a friend who's now become a better friend um, texts me. And I was on the train. I don't know if I was on the way in or the way out of the city because we live in the western suburbs of Chicago. I was training in to the city. And he texted me and just said, hey, I was thinking about you. I was praying for you. I just want to let you know that um, this retreat series is starting up again. There's another group starting. And I read the text, and I remember just crying on the train um, because I was at a place and point where life was really, really hard, like really hard. And it's amazing what God will use or the timing that he uses. Um, so that was kind of the genesis of it. And then from there, applied, and then we had a conversation probably three days later. And I think you were on the and train. And I was on the train. Uh, and there's nothing better than some, you know, open and honest and raw dialogue with a bunch of people that see you ride the train every day to make you feel vulnerable. Yeah. But I was at a place where I'm like, I don't care. Mm. Life is hard. And I, I, I need some help. I need more than what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so we talked on the train. And I just basically just blubbered and cried and said, hey, here's what's going on in my life. And so that's where it all kicked off. Yeah, started off with a real, you know, light conversation. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think the person who told you about Seiko, what do you think he saw in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself? Probably just saw somebody that was living a life of fast pace and not rest and, I don't know, maybe had a sign in my head that said, somebody tell me to slow down, I need help. <laughs> I didn't think I did. Maybe that's what he saw. Maybe it was just God being like, you should bring this up to him. Um, you know, because... Wade is um, really good friends with another friend of mine. And it was just, again, kind of we go to the same church together and um, we don't normally hang out. It's not a common occurrence. So I guess it could have just been God putting it on his heart to say, hey, reach out to this guy, you know? Sometimes so. other people see what's going on in our lives a little bit more clearly than we do. And Fresh uh, eyes. Man, such a blessing when they speak truth. And a lot of times it comes to just inviting us in. Like, hey, uh, you might need to sit by a campfire without a watch and no phone for 48 hours yeah. to learn how to slow down. I think the life circumstances and where I was at, I was, I was ready to hear, you know, the invitation. Because the yeah. first time I was like, I don't have time for that. The second time I was like, thank you, God, I need help. Yeah. So I think hurry and uh, 
hustle or fast pace is a super pervasive thing in our culture. So, mm-hmm. you know, you applied for Refresh pre-pandemic, and I think that's yep. really important for our audience to know. This is not a, a, a you know, 2020, 2021 thing. This is 2019 when you applied. Mm-hmm. So just give us a picture, like a day in the life of Justin Thomas in the fall of 2019. Tiring is probably the best word for 2019. Because 2020 and the pandemic was hard for a whole bunch of other reasons. But in all reality, 2019 was was the most challenging year of my life so far. Mm-hmm. Early morning workout, train in, work all day, five to eight meetings, selling clients, things with the office, train home. Then I'd be tired, exhausted, frustrated. So then I'd come home and I was not the best dad, not the best husband, because I was tired, frustrated. And so what happened is my family was getting the worst of me, not the best of me, hands down moody, irritable, you know, worried and thinking about work when I was at home. Like, what's the point of that? So your wife, Kelly, what were some of the words she would have used to describe you during that season? Mm, I would say uh, frustrated, um, unhappy, uh, preoccupied. So it was like wherever I was, I was thinking about the other thing. Um, Just not joyful. Just not, uh, yeah, just not joyful. Not having fun not being present in the moment that we were in, you know, whether it was a dinner time and somebody spilled something or whatever, or the, you know, the number of times I'd say, is, is it, is it just really loud in here? And she's like, no, this is our life. Like, this is just, this is four kids. Um, but in my mind, it was just this deafening, overwhelming thing. Um, and I was like, man, I didn't used to seem like this or feel like this, like what's going on. Um, before you heard about Sequel, there was this moment with your family, uh, you know, kind of coming home from a vacation. Like, but it points to kind of what was going on beneath the surface that maybe now you can look back and, and you right. you know. But um, tell us that story. Yeah, it was um, it was a first. It was uncomfortable for sure. Um, we had taken a day trip up to the to Lake Michigan to a beach and hung out and had a great time and. Um, it was a Sunday. We drove back and um, was cleaning out Kelly's Suburban, just, you know, beach bags and sand and whatever, just getting garbage out of the car. And I just had um, anxiety like I've never had before. I had sort of like a like physical manifestation of being anxious. So my hands kind of like tingly and weird feeling. I just, just felt overwhelmed. And next thing you know, I'm just crying. So the scene is I'm in the driveway in the truck the vacuum, cleaning the car out from a trip, crying, hands are kind of shaking, and I have no idea why. I have no idea why. I'm just like, something inside of me is not whole right now. Um, And that was just a, it was like, man, I don't know what else to do. It was kind of an end of the rope sort of feeling. Um, And so I remember telling Kelly, I was like, I told her later that night, you know, I dried my eyes, I'm like, it's fine, everything's fine. You know, it's kind of the theme of my life. And uh, later, and I told her later at night, I was like, I think I need to talk to somebody, maybe get some counseling and just just try and understand what's going on. Because at the time, I didn't know, you know, what was what was going on. And so that was a just kind of a scary, weird thing. But um, I think it was, again, another prompt of you need to grow in some of these areas. So that kind of led me to um, seeing a counselor, which was really helpful, just to process like, Things from the past, my own emotions, how to do, because I'm a great stuffer. I'll just stuff it down and I don't want to talk about it, deal with it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine until it's not fine. And so I think there was just a lot of that. So 
um, I think that was really powerful to start talking to a counselor and working through some of those things. And then um, that led into um, getting to do refresh. Um, I think God just used all of those things to help start bringing healing to just who I am and who he made me to be. And a lot of that's tied back to identity. But I just think that we are dealing with more things than we realize a lot of the time. I think it's okay to ask for help and to try and get help. So I want to go back to like the pace that you were moving at day to day because mm -hmm. it, what I'm sort of picking up on a little bit is you're up at 430 and you're not home at seven. The vast majority of your day is spent away from them. Right. And when you come home, you're so tired, you're, you're present, Useless. but you're not present. Yeah. Uh, so what I want to ask you about is this, this word hustle. You were, uh, you were hustling. Where did you learn to hustle? Where did you learn to pursue this thing, this American dream or whatever you want to call it? Sure. I think like, like all stories, you got to go back to the beginning. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it has to do with um, where I was raised, where I grew up, what I saw, and like seeing uh, people that had opportunity and seeing people that didn't have opportunity and wanting more, wanting what friends had or whatever you want to call it. I grew up, I had a great life, awesome family, family that loves the Lord, like, I mean, just blessings. Um, but I think I just always kind of just wanted more from a stuff perspective, income and opportunity and travel and all those things. I don't know why, but I've always just wanted more of that. And so I think that there's been a lot of that that's just been a drive to prove myself that I can do that, to make it, to become successful enough or whatever. And it's, it's crazy to me how you can all of a sudden be pursuing something that you didn't think you were pursuing. Like I wouldn't have said, hey, the most important thing in my life is earning a certain amount of income or being achieve, achieving certain things or accomplishing certain things, hitting these goals. But by the time 2019, like the way I was living was saying that that was the most important thing. I think I was striving for ultimately significance, I think. But I don't think that I knew that then or I would have said that. If that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. what I was striving for was whatever the next goal was. So whether that was a company objective, um, a certain club trip for sales, um, which, you know, stock and income and trips with Kelly, which is great. And I would earn those and we'd go on them and they were fun. And that's all good. But like it was like the chasing the next goal. So basically what I was doing is always living for the next thing. Always. All the time. Mm -hmm. Record month. It's great. I'm trying to go to the next one. Um, and by the way, there's plenty of people in our company that are doing far, far more than me. It's not like I was the number one guy or anything, but whatever I was achieving, I wanted to achieve more. And that became the most important thing. And then what's interesting is when I wasn't doing, when I wasn't achieving those things, then all of a sudden, then I was having more anxiety. I was having feelings of failure. I was all these things, just like the self-perpetuating cycle, right? And that was just a weird place to be. Um, so you had tied your self-worth. sounds like you've tied your self-worth to whatever success you were having in the moment. Totally. And again, I wouldn't set it then, but the way I was living was, I'll be happy when, fill in the blank. I'll slow down when, fill in the blank. I'll take time and invest in relationship, relationship with Kelly and the kids more when, fill in the blank. It was, and it was, I mean, that's how I was living. And it's like, if you, if you timeline every major goal and accomplishment you'll have your entire life, and then just put them all together and put that on a timeline, it's minute. 
So I was like, I'm, I'm trying to get to this thing, but there's always another thing. And so everything in between, which is where life happens, not present, frustrated, anxiety, either I'm really happy because I hit a goal, I'm excited and that lasts for a short time, or I'm super anxious and I'm like nervous and trying to do this and whatever. I'm like, that is not a fun way to live. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, I got to a point where I was like, either I need to change jobs, I need to change careers, I need to do something different or I have to, something needs to be different because I don't want me doing this when I'm 50, 60, mm. 65. And right. even like regardless of the income or whatever it was that I could potentially do, it was like, I don't want it anymore. Like I don't yeah. care. And it's funny to hear that now because you like what you do. I love it. It's blast. It's fun. It's enjoyable. But in, by the time 2019, I wasn't enjoying it. Right. I was driving in with a headache, driving home with a headache, not enjoying it. My workouts were basically... Um, that was the, I was the outlet, you know, and there are worse outlets, I guess, than working out. But like I worked out so that I could sustain the drudgery of training in and going to work and coming back, you know, I think that's really important for, uh, us, for me to hear as your friend, for us to hear as an audience, because a lot of times the problem is not our job. The problem isn't always our circumstances. Sometimes the problem is an internal thing happening most Mm -hmm. of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Where was Jesus in the mix of all this? Because you've been a Christian for a long time, Mm -hmm. going to church faithfully. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, I'm here in your house now and I see all the scriptures on the wall and like clearly your faith is important to you. Mm -hmm. But where did Jesus fit in, in what I'll call the hustle in the, in the search for the next thing? Um, I, I think that uh, I just segmented those things, you know? I was like, I'll, I'll see you on the weekend. I got stuff to do, <laughs> which seems crazy to say, but that's kind of how I was living my life, right? Like, I always thought, I'm not going to pray about a goal. I'm not going to pray about work things. Like, he made me, he created me, he created humans. Like, he gave us faculty to learn and grow and develop. And I'm like, I'm just, I just need to learn and grow and develop. So I got to go apply myself and work hard and do these things. And I think there's some element of truth to that. But at the end of the day, we're finite creatures. You know, we're enabled to grow, but... I didn't create me, he created me. So there really wasn't much of a relationship with Jesus, my work. It was like that and then let me go work. So very, very different. So I mentioned before a friend of a friend, Wade, that had mentioned this twice. Well, then what I didn't tell you is that um, the same week I had breakfast with a good buddy of mine, Tim Meisenheimer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, hey, man, I think I, you know, I just, I feel like I need to do this thing. I'm kind of at the end of my rope. And he looked at me and he was like, are you serious? Because he had uh, either, he had either just done his um, interview for Sequel or for Refresh or was about to. And I was like, that's crazy. And then immediately um, a good friend of mine, Nate Turner, came to mind and I was like, man, Nate's got a lot going on, business owner, family of four. It's like, there's two of my closest friends. And I was like, man, this would be incredible. And so what was really special about this is that um, it worked out that all of us were able to go. And so we rode together. So we had a four and a half hour ride together. And it was like, how's life? What's what's really going on? Mm -hmm. And so I think that set the stage on the way there of just tilling the soil of like, Let's go see what this is all about and what God has for us. So when we first got there, it was, you know, the property's beautiful. The thing that was, um, that struck me was everything was taken care of, right? So it was like, don't bring a towel, just just bring the clothes and just come. Everything's taken care of. Um, being the business that I'm in, I'm like, you know, my wife 
says I'm picky, I say in particular. She's like, no, your mom's particular. You're picky, you know. Um, I'm a little bougie, right? I'm around high high level clientele, and but I get there, the house is beautiful. You know, the sun's glistening off the water. I'm like, man, this is great. And um, and we don't tell you anything. No, and and that was in in part in part of the first experience for me was like, dude, just let go. You're here for a defined period of time. Like, just just relax. And so I kind of became a joke of like, what time is it? You know. So just the idea that things are taken care of. We're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. And just relax, man. Just breathe. We. Strongly encourage you to put your phone away for 48 hours. Right. Into the phone box. Yep. Yep. What did that feel like to give up control of your phone for 48 hours? I, th I think one of the things is I was at a place where I was like, things need to change. Something needs to be different. And so I was like, I'm all in. Like, I'm all in on whatever it takes to, to do that. And I don't know what that means, but I'm all in. And so I was like, call Kelly. I'm like, hey, we're here. Love you call you one to ride back, turned it off, put it away. You know, and then there's the phantom vibrations in your pocket where you're like, is my phone? Like, oh, I need to, it's like, no, just relax. So didn't check my phone and it ended up being very freeing, just very relaxing. So much so that I told Nate and Tim, text Kelly what time will come. I'm gonna turn my phone back on, on the drive home. Yeah. Text and her and tell her, cause I don't want to turn my phone back on. I don't want to get sucked back into the vortex of all the things that are there. I was like, I just want to just enjoy this just time. And you took your watch off. Yep. Yep. It, it was, again, they seem like little things, but when you're so wound up on where you are and what you're doing and what you're trying to do and accomplish and go and the next thing, it was kind of scary, but also ended up being very liberating too. This is, this is going to be awesome. God has something for me here. I'm here. I'm open. I'm willing. I don't know what it is, but I was at a place where I was like, God, whatever is, whatever you have for my life, that is what I want. Because what I am doing on my own and trying to do on my own is just slowly becoming miserable. And I don't want to wake up and have that as my legacy, as my life, and look back and have missed time with Kelly and the kids and just not enjoy life. Like, I just wanted to live my life and not feel like I was just going through the mud, you know? Yeah. What were some of the things God was starting to talk to you about on that first experience? I think one of the things that was impactful was deepening relationships take time. And I know that that's really simple. Uh, in the same way that we develop relationships with our spouses, with our kids, with our close friends, like it doesn't happen from saying hi at church on the weekend or just hanging out a couple times or having a beer in the backyard or whatever. It happens from like extended periods of consistent time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we talked through was, you know, where are you at with your faith? Where are you at with your family? Where are you at with your fitness, your finances, right? The five Fs. And um, I didn't make it past faith the first mm -hmm. time, maybe a little bit of family. But I realized, I'm like, I just, I wasn't spending time learning more about God, spending time with Him, asking. You can't hear if you don't ask. You can't hear if you're not listening. God's not a short order cook, just, hey, I need this, I need that. And so I think for me, the, the very overarching thing for the first experience was relationships take time, spend time. What was it like to go back home knowing there's a way to live your life differently but then thrown right back into the same life you just left. Um, I think the phrase is cognitive dissonance. I think where it's like, this is where I am. This is the expectation that I want. And there's a pretty big gap between those. And so I think the first thing was just awareness. Like, man, what would it be like if life, what if that, what if life was actually like that? What if I could slow down and have some space and have a better rhythm and not be totally overwhelmed in the hurricane volcano of life. And so I think the first experience was like, 
yes, that is possible. Yes, that is what Jesus wants for us and calls us to and gives us tools for and equips us and has, I mean, so much of the Bible is about that. Like Jesus took time away and he was Jesus. <laughs> like if he needed that, how much more do I need it? And so realizing that one that is out there, it's possible and he empowers us and calls us to it. And the second thing is, okay, well now what am I gonna do to move towards that? It's not gonna be right away. It's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be a perfect outline like my other friend Tim says, is I have a pretty bow on it. Like it's not gonna be perfect, but it's out there. So how do I start? Jesus took time and slowed down and listened and prayed and got away and recharged so that he could be better for the crowds and the people and his disciples and all those things. And so it was that idea of if I want to, um, if I want to have the, the, live the life of Jesus and have that life, like I need to start adopting some of that lifestyle. And it, it's a slower lifestyle than I was used to. I think it was in Ruthless Elimination Hurry says, you got to give your, give your soul time to catch up with your body, I think is what the quote was. It's like the whirlwind's going to be there and that's okay, but you need to be ready for it and prepared for it and what are you going to do? So for me, it was being aware of that. Um, journaling um, became really big. Um, I never was a journaler before. I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and now that's become big. So journaling was a really big tool of being able just to get my thoughts and my heart out instead of just having it swirl and percolate and weigh on my shoulders. So journaling, having some quiet time in the morning, and then having friends that were also on that same journey. So there was like some I don't know, accountability is even the right word, but just some common knowledge of like, hey, this is what we're working on together. You have figured out that there is this way of moving uh, fast and slow at the same time. Like, when did it click? I don't, I don't know if I know the answer to that. Just like I didn't know when I woke up and I was in 2019 and I was living a life that was all about trying to just accomplish and go at the expense of time with loved ones um, or being present. I don't know that I can pinpoint an exact time that it clicked, but I, I know that now my mornings are completely different. I still work out, but, but, there's, but every morning I have just some time. And some days, if it's crazy and busy, it might only be 10 minutes, but most of the time it's 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour and it's just great, man. It's, the house is quiet. I have my tea. I have the chair that I sit in and everything is just mm. slow and I ease into the day. One of the quotes in Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that um, struck me that I wrote down, it's actually, he was quoting John Ortberg, but it says, for most of us, the great danger is not that we'll renounce our faith, it's that we'll become so distracted, rushed, and preoccupied that we'll settle for a mediocre version of it, and we will skim our lives instead of actually living them. And that terrified me. So I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to settle, I don't want to rushed, preoccupied, like I want to live my life. Like I want life to the full. And that's the connection. If you want what Jesus calls life to the full. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a lot about that on this podcast, that it's not this mountaintop experience, but it's deep, intimate connection with him, doing the thing you were designed to do, partnering with uh, God for his kingdom. If you want that, but you don't want to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus that he says that's required to, to experience that. Right. Well, it's just you not don't want to that. work. <laughs> then you don't want that. Yeah. Which you said in our in the, our kind of conversation beforehand, this interesting, you know, comment. You said if you would ask me in 2019 if Jesus is the most important 
thing in my life, I would have said yes. I just wasn't living like it. Totally. Yep. What you say and what you do don't always match up. And for me, that was totally the case. You know, just in the day-to-day, like on a Tuesday, can I have joy in the midst of whatever's going on? Is it perfect now? No. We still have four kids. Milk still gets spilled. <laughs> I love our children. Things happen, right? Like work is busy. I mess things up. You were cleaning up wine on the carpet last night. That's right. White carpet wine doesn't match. But you know what? That's what we were doing last it, night. It, and it, it was fun and it was it was ridiculous. It was late. White carpet. A pillow of Adler's connects with a glass of wine. It's all over the white carpet. And it was a different experience than it would have been before. Yeah. And Kelly and I were like, oh, here we go. And she took a video and it was a funny thing. And we cleaned the carpet and life moved on. And it was like, we'll be all right. And here's what I, I want our audience to know today. Uh, what is happening in your life today? Like in this week? <laughs> this week? This week? <laughs> yeah. Um, like what happened last Thursday? Yeah. So we, life doesn't slow down. But it's funny because it doesn't feel like it used to feel. So currently what's going on is uh, we closed on a new house last week. Uh, we're moving about 10 minutes you know, off the road. We're in the middle of what we call our trunk show, which is a one of the busiest times of work annually for two-week period. Today, I'm not at the office, and we're spending time talking and about what's really important. Kids are out of school. they got sports camps. Um, they're coming to take pictures of this house because we're going to be listing it uh, later this week. I mean, there's just all these things. We're going out of town at the end of the weekend to go visit family. So, all good things, but in the past, would have been things that I just, one, I wouldn't have taken time to do it. I got to work. I got stuff I got to do. I still have responsibilities. I still have things that do need to get done, but I'm just, I'm okay with it not being perfect and realizing that it's going to work out, yeah. you know? And that's what I want our audience to hear is like, like why slow down? Because you're dead without it. Right. Like you cannot experience life to the full into intimacy with Jesus without adopting the ways of Jesus it means you have to develop spiritual rhythm. And that doesn't mean always our life significantly changes right. in its circumstances. You're in the same job with the same number of kids. It's arguably busier yep. uh, because they're doing more stuff than they were three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you've actually become more successful in your job, ironically. And totally crazy. You're crazy, right? And you're taking two weeks off at the end of this month as a part of your own personal rhythms that you feel like God's asking you to do as, as like an offering back to Him and keeping in balance and so forth. So your life is just as busy, if not busier. And yet we're sitting here and the feeling that I'm getting right this second and have all morning as we've been hanging out is you're not in a hurry. Yeah. You're not stressed. You're not rushed for time. You're not trying to get us out the door. You are super present. That cannot happen if that's not who you actually have been over the last year. I think that's just a testament to God working on hearts and the change that happens, you know? I mean, it's is it perfect? No, but he's able to do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. If I look at life right now and I rewind it two and a half, three years, and I look at the emotions and the place that we were there then and where we are now, um, not monetarily, not physically, but just emotionally, spiritually, it's like nine day. I mean, it's death to life. It's a whole different experience. You know, I'm so thankful for that because it's life is supposed to be lived. It's supposed to be enjoyed. I just think so many people are just not doing that because they wake up and they don't realize that all of a sudden they're pursuing things or they're living in ways that is not what they ultimately want. Whether it's a Monday or Tuesday or Thursday, it doesn't matter, but being joyful in the journey. Um, and It's a journey towards life to the full. 
Free and Light is a podcast of Seekwell Ministries. We believe that life to the full comes out of an intimate connection with Jesus. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at seekwell.org slash donate.